Do you want to reach the people that you love most with the good news of God's grace? Join author and international evangelist Sammy Tippett as he interviews Christian leaders who will ignite your passion to bring others to Christ. I want to welcome you to ignite your passion, your passion for bringing other people to Jesus Christ. This is a discussion where we want to begin to reinvigorate the hearts of people with the heart of God. And that is the heart of God is for lost people, people who need Jesus, people who are without him. And Jesus, God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And so we ought to be doing what he was doing and that he said, I have come to seek and save that which was lost. Uh, and from, for me, of course, I'm an evangelist and that's perhaps the most important thing that any of us could ever do. And so we're going to have a great discussion today because I have my dear friend, Jerry Drace, who's here with us. Jerry, welcome. Uh, we're Thanks, just glad you. to have you and looking forward to uh, having some time of sharing today. Now, Jerry, we want to focus in because I know you have done this and uh, you've shared it with me a little bit uh, on, on what we call affinity evangelism right. and reaching people uh, through this method of evangelism. First of all, give me a definition of what affinity evangelism is. Tell me what is that? Affinity evangelism is a specialized area of evangelism. That's what the affinity would mean. It, I don't, we could call it, it's like a doctor specializing in heart surgery or brain surgery or whatever it may be. It's a person who uses his gift or her gift as an evangelist in a special area, as in sports evangelism, medicine evangelism, legal evangelism, of course, preaching evangelism. You can just go down the line. There's like 50 different types I've come up with of affinity groups, and that simply means specialized evangelism. Okay. An affinity group then would be a group of people who have a certain affinity towards right. something that you can speak into. A group of fishermen, for instance, you know, we have fishing, Christian fishing rodeos <laughs> and we've got some guys who are Christian van, who are evangelists that are on the bass pro circuit. Mm -hmm. And these guys Bless their hearts, they have to go fishing. Isn't that awful? They go, yeah. they go to these bass tournaments and fish with these guys, but they also have a chance to share Christ. They do devotions. I have a friend who works with the NASCAR circuit, mm -hmm. and he gets to speak to the people who come before the races on Sunday. He'll sometimes he'll have fifteen or twenty thousand people at a gathering, and some of the people from NASCAR who control these events have allowed him to come. He's been doing it now for two or three years. That's affinity evangelism. And he'll have some of these Christian NASCAR drivers to share their testimony. Uh, I've got a friend, you and I have a, a mutual friend who is a medical doctor. And he'll go into areas and speak to medical personnel about certain issues, medically speaking as well. And then he'll also do a presentation of the gospel. See, that's, of course, that's affinity evangelism. You know, um, I, as you were saying that, I was, when you mentioned the fishermen, <laughs> I, I was reminded of a biblical fisherman. Yep. where Jesus walked up and said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So right. he went into that person's world, so to speak. Absolutely. Where that person is living and spoke his language and said, follow me. Mm -hmm. And and so that's basically what we're talking about, doing what Jesus did. Can you imagine a guy going up and saying, follow me, guys, and I'll teach you how to shoot three-pointers? <laughs> really? But, you know, from a distance, <clears throat> what does that mean? You, you tell people how to come to Christ. Very simple. Follow me and I'll, I'll show you how to 
to fulfill your swing. We've got some guys that are, that are, that are on the circuit for the PGA mm-hmm. and they follow with the golfers. And so you can go into a town, uh, a Christian who's good and obviously a good golfer and work with a local church and put on a golf clinic mm-hmm. and actually play golf with the guy, give them some lessons. But you use that time also as a teaching time for Christian principles. You know, you bring a message, affinity evangelism is well, when you said Jesus started it, when he said, I'll make you fishers of men, he used their language because that's what they were doing. Yeah. And we had one at our church a few years ago. We had it where well, we've had a number of them, the wild game dinners. That's been very popular with across our country. And our church was so full. I mean, we had men sitting in every room and especially when you put it on Facebook and we gave away prizes like, you know, you get rod and reels, you get shotguns, you get a trailer, you get this. People donate it. And then you have a Christian person to come in who shares his testimony, who's an outdoorsman. And then I would follow up with a simple plan of salvation. Uh, and of course, a lot of churches do this uh, and had tremendous results. Yeah. Boy, you know, it just opens up a whole world of possibilities. Amen. Because what you're describing here is not just one thing, not even just the wild game, although that is a great one. Yeah. Uh, I remember a number of years ago, I was preaching in my home church and, uh, you know, encouraging people to share their faith in Christ with others. And a, a, a man came up to me, godly man, loved the Lord, and uh, he's um, a, a car mechanic, was what, he, what, what, what his profession was. Came up to me, he said, Sammy, I was listening to you, and I was thinking, I can't do what Sammy does. I, I can't do that. I can't go overseas. I can't speak before people. I'm, I'm, you know, I can't do that. And, and he said, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, but you can do Sam, something that Sammy can't do. That's right. You can fix cars. Amen. And so he, he said, you know, the Lord's put it on my heart uh, on Saturdays to come up to the church and open it up for any widows or single mothers uh, who can't afford to have their cars fixed on, you know, the basic things. And I'll work on them. That, he got and, the message, didn't he? Yeah. And so he, he started doing that and leading people to Christ. And, and God just used him and blessed him in a tremendous way. And he was a blessing to all those people. Now, not all those people came to Christ or whatever, but he was a blessing to them, and he shared Christ with them. Some of them came to know Jesus, and it was just, uh, it was just remarkable. And, and, you know, I think that we have the idea that the only one who can share Christ is someone like you or me. Right. And, and everybody is to be a witness. And through affinity evangelism, and, and what I'm hearing is there's a couple of things, maybe you can help clarify this for me. but there is an event that you can have where you bring in a speaker like one of us or something, but there is also some things in which you enable people who have, who are not preachers, who are not in full-time ministry to share their testimonies to in the context of their culture of, of what they do in life. Is, is that, am I correct on that? Yeah, you're right. I told you uh, I'm a pastor now, as well as do evangelism. I'm a bivocational pastor. And my people have heard me say so many times that wherever you are, that's your pulpit. We have some men in our church who farm big time farming. And I tell them, when you're on that John Deere or you're at the co-op, that's your pulpit. And you have a chance to share Jesus. Now, one thing we have to go behind that is we need to train our people very simply on how to share their faith. Yeah. We as Southern Baptists, for just instance, we are probably the best trained denomination in the world, but we're just not doing it. You don't have to be technically trained. You just have to know what Jesus did for you 
how he saved your soul and share that with somebody else. I tell my folks, you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to be a pastor or an evangelist to lead somebody to the Lord. Tell them what Christ has done for you. Give your testimony, like we said, and then teach them how to, for better terms, how to close the deal. Invite that person to come to Christ. And, you know, we got people that work in nursing homes and we have nurses and we have school teachers and like every church. And I'm just, my people are constantly hearing from me. That's affinity evangelism. That's where you are. That's your ministry right there. Yeah. And we don't have to have a church event. You're right. Wherever you go is, you know, is your area of evangelism. Uh, the um, Wayne Jenkins, who was a great man yeah. who passed away, was a great friend of mine. Uh, I love the brother so much and miss him. Uh, but but Wayne and I did a series of interviews in which we talk about how to share your testimony. And I Good. think the sharing your testimony is a real critical uh, piece of this, that every believer needs to know how to clearly articulate what Jesus did for them and what Jesus can do for the other person. You don't have to be eloquent. And matter of fact, eloquent sometimes is a hindrance. What people want to know is they want to know authenticity, reality, and in Kind of speak to this to me. I, I think that one of the reasons that affinity evangelism is so powerful is because it gets out of the church environment, right, and into the environment of the person uh, or the people that are being that are that are hearing the gospel. You're they're hearing the gospel in the context of, oh yeah, I'm a hunter. Man, I I I I know what you're talking about there. Yeah, I, I've been there. I've done that, and and they're hearing. The gospel in that context, that's what Jesus, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He, sure. he spoke fishing language That's right. uh, and to a fisherman. So, it's, powerful, uh, it's powerful because it's personal. Right. It's not theory, it's personal. So if you can take your terms as a fisherman or a hunter or a mechanic or a farmer, if you can take those terms that you use every day, put that into your testimony, people can relate to it. Yeah. And we need to train, pastors need to train their people to do that, right? And we as pastors and evangelists need to stop using sometimes these $3 theological words anyway, because people don't know what they mean sitting in the pew. We need to speak in language that people can understand. That's why Jesus, you know, Jesus spoke the language of the common man. Can you imagine the words Jesus could have used if he wanted to? But he spoke the language of the people. Yeah. it, it became very warm and very firm. One of the men in our church not long ago, he was just smiling when he came to church. He said, I did it. I did it. I said, what'd you do, man? He said, I told somebody about Jesus today. He's a, he's a farmer. And the way he told me he did it, he just worked it right into his farming story, into his farming vocabulary. And he said, that man just stood there mesmerized. He said, I said, that's evangelism. You did it in your own words. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and you, I really think not, that. We're trying to train people to do the specialized ministry, aren't we, Sammy? Because the, the day of the revival, you know, when you and I first started in evangelism, I told somebody this morning, there used to be two-week revivals, and that person couldn't believe it. I said, well, my daddy used to do two-week revivals, and then they went Sunday to Sunday, then Sunday to Friday, then Sunday to Wednesday, and now many churches, they just have a one-day event, and we're being told that nobody has revivals anymore. Well, if they're not having revivals, then we need to come and retool and do something, you know, look at the game plan. Let's go to affinity evangelism. So okay. our, T- tell me, if, if a pastor wanted to have um, a wild game dinner 
are wanting to have a thing for doctors. Yep. What would tell you? Tell me what what would what what would be a good way to do that? I would Just recommend like you, that. I would recommend a particular doctor or two that I know that I know that can do this. If they want to have a wild game dinner, I'd say, well, I know four or five outstanding Christian men who are sportsmen or a lady. You know, a lot of women now are having their own affinity groups. Mm-hmm. So you bring in somebody. And I think one of the words here, too, is qualified. You don't want to just bring in somebody that talks sports or whatever it may be. You want somebody who will present the gospel. But I would recommend people personally. And uh, this is one thing people look for. Do you know, do you know a golfer? Do you know a fisherman? Do you know a hunter? Do you, we do things for policemen. You know, bring in, bring in a law enforcement individual, male or female, who walks with the Lord and let, they talk a language that you and I can't talk. Mm-hmm. But let them come in and talk to the law enforcement people. So I think a lot of it has to do with us being able to recommend people that we know and respect. Does that make, that make sense? So the first thing is you need a, a, a sort of a keynoter who yep. is uh, a deeply committed Christian who has, God has really changed their lives and they have a, they have a message to bring. Sure. And it uh, doesn't have to be a quote, well-known personality. My gracious. Sometimes the best thing to use is somebody that's, that's just local whose life has been changed. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what Jesus did. He, he, these men that followed him, they were just the local guys and he changed their lives and they went out and brought in other people just like them. And so do you try to have this at the church? Do you have it at a secular place? What, what, what do you do? What's best? Yes, <laughs> we've done both. We've had a, uh, a lot of people, you know, if we have it at the church, maybe we'll have it at a neutral spot out back. We've got a big area out back or you have it in a, an arena. We've got a man in our church. He is a championship bull rider. He is a cowboy from way back. I mean, he went to college years ago and a bull riding scholar. He has his own church. He calls it his cowboy church where he trains these young college kids how to ride bulls. Now, how would you like to do that? Hmm. I don't think about riding a bull. I, I, I've been out there at his place, but boy, when he talks to them in his language, they have young men making decisions all the time because he's speaking their language. That's in the arena. See, that's what, that's where it takes place. Or your mechanic, do it at the garage. Sometimes having it off the church campus is best because it's a neutral site. Yeah. Uh, they don't feel threatened. Uh, yeah. they'll, they'll come to a neutral site. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that um, I uh, have done, and, you know, early in my ministry, I did a, some of this type thing. I, I, in recent years, I, I haven't. It's been more, you know, the large evangelistic events and stadiums and places, things like that. But Early on, I did a, 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 a number of these things. And one of the things that my, my wife and I did, in fact, our daughter was uh, born in Switzerland. And the reason we were in Switzerland, the, the Olympics, the Winter Olympics were in Innsbruck, Austria mm. that year. And the Lord put it on my heart to go to the Winter Olympics and share the gospel. Didn't know how or who or what, but we, we went and uh, someone told me that there was a Christian who was a speed skater uh, from the U.S. and we we found this young lady and and she got us you know all through uh, the Olympic Stadium or the Olympic uh, Village uh, to to meet all of these athletes and and to share the gospel with them and just in the context of where they were and what they were doing and uh, I found that you know it was just incredibly a tremendous experience to to be able to do that and your daughter was born there. And my, my daughter was born in Switzerland, right? That's right. We, not we, at the Olympics, though. No, not at the Olympics oh. in Switzerland. But we, we went over there. And the reason we were living in Switzerland was because 
Uh, you remember Manly Beasley. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, Manly uh, and Ron Owens had a yep. hotel where they held these conferences mm-hmm. on revival and spiritual awakening. And they wanted someone to be the host there. So they asked yeah. me if we would move over and do that. And then I was wanting to go to the Winter Olympics, too. So that put us in Europe and uh, also in a very wintry place, beautiful place, incredible spot, um, you know. And we, we were there and um, uh, lived there and, and, and won people to Christ there and disciple them. And, and then we went over to the Winter Olympics and ministered there at the Winter Olympics and uh, saw God, uh, you know, touch a lot of athletes and minister in the context of that place. And you were talking about, you mentioned something to me earlier about uh, NASCAR. Yeah. Uh, and and, and, and what, what was that all about? Tell well, me a little. A friend of mine is named Steve Wingfield. Steve is a, yeah, uh, I know man. Steve, you know, Steve, Yeah. well, Steve had an idea a few years ago and it's worked out well. I haven't talked to him recently, but he has some friends that, that were really deeply involved in NASCAR. And he went to them and said, could I be a chaplain at one of the NASCAR? I think it started out in Bristol. So on Saturday night, he set up a big tent and big arena and people came and he started sharing Jesus and some of the drivers, of course, were Christian shared. And uh, you ought to hear some of the experiences that they're crazy. But he said, hey, man, after the band's played, he said, I present Jesus, give an invitation. I said, that's NASCAR. That's like, you got a big crowd there. Yeah, yeah. And some of these guys do it at, at football. Well, I got a friend who always goes to the Super Bowl. A lot of our Christian leaders go to Super Bowl. And they will use those groups as affinity evangelism because, you know, everybody crowds in there. That's just another example of where the people are. Uh, I, I try to tell our people the word evangelist means the bearer of good news because when you hear the word evangelist or pastor or missionary just like you said a moment ago people think well i can't do that if you're a christian you are an evangelist if you know the word what it truly means we all bear the good news so you can do it as a surgeon or a plumber or a carpenter or a fisherman or a guy who is in the rodeo circuit that's the affinity effect of evangelism yeah we we have a um, a mutual friend who uh, is a part of our group of Cosby that um he is a medical doctor and he he takes the the proof that Jesus really did die on the cross yeah and shares that in in sort of the medical arena we That's also powerful. have one one of the guys in our group who is an attorney and uh, he's done a really neat thing about uh, uh God's justice and he goes into the courthouse he's made uh, a documentary on uh the judgment of God, so to speak. Wow. And, uh, it, it's, it's incredible. Been on, been on television, uh, w- with this documentary and it's just, uh, so we all have these things that God has given us and he wants to use us. I think if there's any takeaway today, Jerry, from this whole thing is that each of us have something that's unique and that's special that yeah. God's done in us. And God wants to take that. God wants to use it to reach others with, with the good news of Jesus Christ. And, you know, you the, the, the word evangelist, you know, evangelical, uh, actually uh, in the German language, that's all the same word as gospel. And so mm-hmm. that it's all from the same root word. Uh, in other words, we're gospelizers. We're, yeah. we're, we're those who are bringing good news to people. And uh, we have good news. I mean, there's not a lot of good news in the world, but we have good news today. You got it. And I don't know why it's been so hard, Sammy. You know, I grew up, we talked before, my dad was a pastor. 
I, I don't know why back in the 50s and 60s, Christianity was seen to be growing in our nation, but something in the 60s happened. Things began to unravel, and we kind of relegated church now almost to the building. We've got to get the concept that Christianity goes outside the four walls. The church is where the, the Christians come together. But when the church is over, that's where the Christians scatter. And then that's where evangelism takes place. Uh, right. Jesus said, uh, he, you know, he called his men disciples. You follow me and I'll teach you to be fishers of men. But he also discipled them. So what they did after the resurrection, they just told everybody what they had seen and experienced. That's their personal, it's their personal testimony. So yeah. whether it was Peter or whether it was Andrew or James or John, these guys became evangelists as all of us are. And yeah. my, one, one of my goals is to get people sitting in the pews on Sunday to think, I am an evangelist. Mm -hmm. I have an affinity that my pastor doesn't have. And so let's use it. You know, uh, just as we've been talking, and you've, a couple times at the very beginning, now here at the very end of this conversation, it stimulated my thoughts on some things. And one is maybe the first affinity meeting was when Jesus was in there with all the tax collectors because he had been invited by a tax collector. Well, I bet that caused a stir, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, and and so he had a, he had his affinity with all these tax collectors, and he and he shared the gospel with them. So uh, I, I mean, this is nothing new. It's two thousand years old, and if it was good enough for Jesus, I guess it's good enough for us. And uh, and, and so we 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 need to just be doing what he's given us to do. Jerry, I appreciate you taking the time to. Uh, really talk about these things. These things excite me. I mean, this is what I get excited about. I know, me and, too, but that's what, that's what gets the blood pumping to think that the gospel doesn't depend on us who have, quote, been called, per se, to be the professionals. It's the people that we see. Jesus knew when he called these 12 men, of course, he knew one was going to deny him. I, I love this little story. Jesus gets back into heaven, and the angels gather around him and say, well, Lord, you left it. You left your ministry with 11 men. What if they what if they fail you? What if these what if these 120 fail you? What's plan B? And Jesus looks at the angels and says, I don't have a plan B. You know, it's always plan A. Our plan A is to carry the good news wherever we go, and we call it affinity evangelism. And if our people can realize it and accept it, if we can teach them, Sammy, to just to give their personal testimony, share it without fear, I mean our churches could be could be full, couldn't they? Yeah, that's right. And, and, and this is what this whole podcast is about, Jerry. We want the whole discussion of evangelism to get back into the mainstream of the life of the church today. Right. And uh, so that's my prayer, not just into the discussion, but into the practice. Uh, you know, not just talking about it, but doing it. And so, right. uh, so we're, we're hoping that those pastors, leaders, church workers who are listening to this podcast will, will say, how can I just begin to pray or how can I um, be used of you to encourage others, to bring others to Jesus, to encourage the people in my church to share their testimony? How can I sponsor an, an event that would uh, bring in someone who can clearly share the gospel of Jesus Christ? And uh, if we'll start doing that, we'll see things happen. God, Listen, God will honor his word. His word will not return void. And That's if true. we will, it will begin to just get out there and share the word. He'll do the rest. So thank you, Jerry. Appreciate you coming on, man. 
Thank you, brother. Appreciate your ministry. Love you, buddy. Okay, you too. And keep telling the story. (laughs) God bless. Okay, God bless you too. We hope you've been encouraged. If you'd like to hear more, visit sammytippett.org. There you'll hear podcasts, watch daily devotionals, and obtain books by Sammy that will ignite your faith, your love of family, and a passion to reach others.